Hey Mama, and welcome to this week's episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Carruthers, a habit and success coach turned podcaster, and I am really thankful you are here. Now, if you missed the news, you may want to head back to episode 35 and listen to the inside scoop where I give you a little peek as to what has been going on lately here. But ultimately, the short and sweet message is that I decided to take a few weeks off of the podcast. Now, I couldn't leave you hanging with nothing to listen to, so I decided naturally to just replay some of the episodes that you guys have loved. This way, if you're new here, maybe you didn't tune in from the very beginning and you haven't had a chance to catch up, you can listen to some of these favorites or you can always scroll back in the archives to find the ones that are most appealing to you. Hopefully you'll love them all because I, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I do. And on these weeks off, I would love to hear from you in my DMs at Successful Mama Podcast. Now you should know I won't likely respond right away because I am taking the time off away from my Instagram as well, but I truly want to hear from you as far as what you think, what you want to see going forward in the podcast, and maybe a guest that you would love to hear from. And while you're waiting, you may as well go ahead and tap five stars and leave a little review. I would so appreciate it because again, that is the best way to get the word out about this podcast and the things that we're sharing to empower moms and remind us that we are not alone on this journey. We have the ability to define what success means to us. And it's important that we remember it's not always going to look the same, but we still can learn from one another along the way. Okay, enough talking from me, but just know that I'll be back with a brand new episode for you November 21st. So until then, get your headphones, your earbuds, your speaker, whatever you like to listen on and get ready to get caught up and enjoy this episode. Hey mama, what do you think of when you hear the word success, fame, status, and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching little league? advocating for your special needs child, or mastering meal planning, maybe going back to school or starting your own business. The truth is success looks different for us all, and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the Successful Mama podcast. I have a wonderful guest today. I can't wait for you to meet her and hear her story. Erica Despain is with us, and oh my goodness, thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I'm thrilled to have you here, and like I said, I can't wait for everybody to just meet you and get, I mean, a lot of people know you already, but the ones that don't or the ones that do to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Um, If you want to just go ahead and get started and tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Erica Despain, and I currently am the owner 
CEO, author of All Things Madison. Um, it was just allthingsmadison.com. That's what I always called my business. Um, but now it's really All Things Madison because it's so much more than a website. Um, we uh, obviously still have the website, highly optimized content that we cover Madison, Alabama. Um, we have our email newsletter that goes out on Fridays. We have um, social media, which is always big, but we also have merchandise and we have um, a few other other fun things that we do to support the community. Um, and we're just, we're kind of all over covering things in Madison, Alabama specific. So it's a lot of fun. I have one employee, two contractors, um, but I'm also a mom of three. So I have a third grader, a first grader and a three-year-old. Um, so she'll be in pre-K next year and yeah, we're busy. (laughs) A lot. It sounds like it. Oh my goodness. Well, it sounds like, um, you got quite a few moving parts there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to navigate that. But first, I want to go back and talk a little bit about earlier days. Okay. Um, so you're married. Yes. You want to tell us that little story? I actually met my husband 15 years ago today. Wow. <laughs> we were thinking well, about happy, that. Happy meeting Meet, anniversary. Yeah, well, it's a big deal because we met on a blind date, okay. which was fun. Um, so he was in school at West Point uh, to be a military army officer. And I was at Alabama, Roll Tad. Uh, we were sophomores in college and I was his blind date to his sophomore year military ball. So I flew up there on a blind date 15 what? years ago today. How do you, um, hold on, how do yeah. you fly up there on a blind date? His like mom. it's one thing to just go meet somebody. Yeah. Okay, let's have coffee. This is awkward, but now I'm going to hop on a plane yeah. and let's go to a ball mm-hmm. and have a blind date. It was terrifying. My sister was dating his best friend. And so that's how we got set up and they're now married as well. Um, But when he called his mom, who's now my mother-in-law, and said, hey, I think I actually have a date to this ball. She was like, I will buy her ticket because she was so happy, right? (laughs) That (laughs) is too funny. That's fun. I love that. Okay, So, so you guys met. You have your blind date. Mm-hmm. What happens next? Yeah, we graduated from college. We got married, um, and he ended up deploying back to back. So he did, did um, four deployments in seven and a half years, and what we thought would be a military career ended up being just an eight year eight year thing. And then he left active duty. He's still in the army reserve, but we could have really started over anywhere. Uh, but we decided to move here to Madison. I'm from here. He's from Hoover, Alabama. So not too far. Yeah. Um, he got an amazing job here and everything's really fallen into place. We love it here. We're never moving. That's awesome. So before that though, you guys traveled Mm -hmm. quite a bit. You lived in some different Mm -hmm. places. Yeah. So while he was deployed, I was a high school English teacher. So I was a teacher for a few years, did that at a couple of our duty stations, and then we started having kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I became a stay-at-home mom. And uh, I think we moved a total of four times, three three, three or four times. Um, But we love to travel. So we always prioritize traveling, um, went over. I'm going to stop you real quick because I'm going to hit you with something that I didn't Uh prep you for, but, um, (laughs) tell me a little bit about, I've heard a rumor that you were a motivational Mm -hmm. speaker for a little while in 2011. Yeah, it's super cool. So, um, I was, I'm trying to think how it all worked. It really was a super cool story. So my husband deployed, in April, uh, April of 2011. Okay. 
few weeks later, I went with the school I was teaching with down to a convention in New Orleans. And you can go to breakout sessions, right? right. Well, one of the sessions, there was 5,000 people at this conference. So there's so many sessions you could pick from. And one of the sessions was about Rachel's Challenge. Okay. Which was founded by the father of Rachel Scott, who was the first victim who was shot and killed at Columbine High School um, in that, you know, uh, globally known school shooting in 1999. So, you know, the Columbine shooting was still big in the news right at the time. It was just 12 years removed. And so he was traveling really the world telling her story. I remember hearing him speak. Yes, he is so amazing. Such a dear friend. And so uh, he was a part of the breakout speakers. But I thought, I don't need to go listen to a motivation thing. I need to go to like the teaching stuff, you know, the nitty gritty. And I got up five minutes into my session and went to listen to Daryl Scott. I couldn't shake it. Long story short, I was so moved. I waited till everyone left, walked up to him and said, I don't know what this is all about. I don't even know if you have employees. I just know I want to attach myself to this. Gave him my number. He had his um, secretary call me a few days later. Long story short, two months later, I was was on a plane to Denver and I was hired as a seasonal speaker. And so I traveled the country. I don't even know how many times I spoke sharing Rachel's story, got to know her entire family super well. And that experience was not wasted because I learned public speaking skills. I met so many incredible people that changed my life. Um, It just, it was a really short season of my life, about a year, but it was super cool. That's amazing. I didn't know all of that. That's so cool. I'm so glad I brought that up and threw that out because I knew that you spoke, but I didn't didn't know all the details. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Okay. So um, we we were talking about deployments. Yes. um, And traveling. Mm -hmm. You guys had, were moving place to place. Yes. And then, um, so you're, or not his first, his, it was his second deployment, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what happens his second yeah, deployment? Yeah, so we found out set eight days after he deployed to Afghanistan for the second time that I was pregnant for, with our first baby. So that was terrifying. <laughs> um, and so I, 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 it was 6 p.m. our time, 5 a.m. Afghan time. I'm trying to text him and call him and wake him up and tell him this news. It was so crazy. He ended up coming home about a week and a half before our first daughter was born. So that was wild. And then we repeated that again on accident (laughs) in 2016. Um, We found out I was pregnant about two months before he deployed. And he made it home, though, for our second baby's birth. And, you know, it was a wild time in our lives, but it's just part of our story. And I'm a big believer in that no experience is wasted. And I think we learned a lot of grit from those situations Absolutely. and a lot of empathy, too, uh, because those were really hard seasons. But we learned a lot from it. So yeah, I don't want to do it again. No, but. <laughs> no. I, I could imagine not. I, yeah. I can't even like I'm going back thinking about my first pregnancy. You know, I felt super excited mm-hmm. and, and it may have been a bit challenging, but it was all the good feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. But then second pregnancy, I was like, get this baby out of me. Like I'm done. (laughs) Is that, is that kind of the way you went through that? For sure. Yes. I wish I was one of those moms that loved pregnancy. I just never felt great during pregnancy. Uh And so when my husband was deployed, um, the second time or really the third time, but for the second baby, it was really hard taking care of a toddler, but also being pregnant and just, choosing to still try to be what I would 
define at the time as like what makes me a great mom today right. like what right. is doing just enough or like I'm still providing or not providing for my baby but still but you were yeah. yeah just I was trying to just be a good mom while also navigating the pregnancy solo and it was wild. That's a lot. So you weren't living here at the time. Where were you guys? So we lived at the in, time? Kansas, in Kansas, Fort Riley. Um, but we did. My oldest daughter and I did come down to the Madison Huntsville area when I was thirty-four weeks pregnant to deliver in this area because we didn't know if he would be home in time. Oh, okay. And if I went into labor suddenly. Yes. You know, that would be a lot. Right. You know, of course, I had girlfriends and that sort of thing, but there's no substitution sometimes for family. No. And so just having that peace of mind that if something happened and my husband wasn't there, we would have care for my daughter, um, someone to be with me in delivery. And so I found a wonderful doctor here, Dr. Conrad, and had my baby. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So when you were there and you mm-hmm. have, you know, a toddler mm-hmm. and you're Feeling all the great feelings of being pregnant. Yes. <laughs> um, and you don't have family around. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you made some good friends there. But mm-hmm. what was that like? Did you feel like you were able to ask for help from others? Or did you feel more that pressure of I have to do it all? Oh, I definitely. So I'm one that does not like to ask for help, period. <laughs> um, you know, after you have a baby, sometimes people want to bring you meals or that sort of thing. And I have the type of personality that tends to say, no, no. I don't need it. Even though I'm drowning, I don't want you to burden yourself. It's just, you know, but I've had some friends and mentors speak into my life and just say, hey, you're robbing people of how they want to love you, how they want to help you. So I'm still working on that. Not to Um, mention taking that off of your plate. Like exactly. It does actually give you that relief if you're willing to accept it. Absolutely. You really could use it. Uh, But you think you're burdening people, which is absolutely not the truth. Um, But I did. I was involved with the MOPS group and and tried to find something that would get me out of the house every day that would give me community. Community makes my world go around. (laughs) People are uh, everything to me. Um, I believe there's always room in your life for more good people, uh, people that serve as mentors, not just friends, but just people in general. And so that's really was my saving grace during some of those otherwise lonely periods of my life was just surrounding myself with good people, whether it was at church or friends that I made through my daughter's preschool um, or through my mops group. Just community was a lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. Mm-hmm. It's it's really important who you surround yourself with and mm-hmm. um, just what they fill you with, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, so during that time, I, I did want to ask you too, did you feel like, you know, you're pregnant and thankfully your husband was able to come home and mm-hmm. be there when the babies were born? But what did you feel like going through that with him being so far away? Well, it was hard. I, I I think at the time I felt robbed of the joy of him being around mm-hmm. just and just lonely. Yeah. You know, you're just navigating like every little fun thing would I would think about how it would be more fun if he was there or I would feel sad that he was missing out on some of those fun moments of motherhood or just parenthood in general. Right. So I think I definitely struggled with those feelings of just all the many reasons that I didn't like being by myself and hated what he was missing, but we yeah. tackled it. <laughs> you did. You and it was a choice through. to tackle it and right. how it was a choice and how I chose to proceed forward. Yeah. yeah. And, and you guys then chose, of course, moving back here and, mm-hmm. and made some different decisions based on those experiences, sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, tell me, there's a little a little blog that I found, mm-hmm. I came across when I was doing some reading. Yeah. Um, and just just a little light writing. Yes. You didn't write very often in there. <laughs> over, a thousand, over a thousand blog posts. <laughs> yes, light writing. Um, it, it started in around 2008. Eight, yep. When mm-hmm. blogging was very popular. Yes. If you, you were somebody, if you had a blog. Yes. Everybody needed a blog. Everybody blogged, yes. Uh, but you really stuck with it. and I did not stop. Did. I was the one that did not stop. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Like having that kind of consistency is mm-hmm. so hard. Mm-hmm. So was that, talk to me about that yeah. and walking through your marriage and of course then deployment mm-hmm. and pregnancy and all that while trying to document along the way. Yeah, it was wild. Um, so I'm a writer. I did journalism in high school, journalism in college. And so starting a blog was a super obvious decision. Everybody was doing it, right. but I truly loved to write. And so and I you never could see that yeah. when you're reading the mm-hmm. posts, if you ever go, you know, go peek on there. <laughs> WhimsicalSeptember.com. Yes. Um, yeah. So I really just never stopped. And so the to make a, a really a 13 year story short, because that's how long I did Whimsical September from 2008 to 2021. I never stopped, but I, it was truly a hobby, something that I, that I just did, you know, when anybody else does their hobbies, just in their free time. But in 2014, I was a new stay at home mom was feeling fidgety, needed something I was also missing my income because that's hard (laughs) when you quit your job. Um, And so I thought, you know what? Some people are monetizing this. Why don't I figure out how they do that? I mean, if I'm going to do it anyway, might as well get paid. And this was before there was the concept of the side hustle or, or influencer. I mean, that was those weren't terms. And so what I did is I just I, I didn't set out to make it my career and make a full-time income. But I, I did have the thought, if I'm going to do this, how can I make a little extra money here right. and there? You're putting all this time By and energy doing what I'm going to do anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. So I figured out how to make just a little bit of money. and But what I was really doing was laying bricks for what would be my career mm-hmm. now. And it was a little unsettling during that time because I was spending so much time on it, but I wondered, where is this going to lead? I have all of this knowledge now, but at the end of the day, it's just blogging. So what is this going to turn into? Is this all going to be wasted? And I'm a firm believer, again, that nothing is wasted, but also, where is this leading? Right. And I just couldn't see it. And so, um, but now I know that really all of that time spent was preparing me to start All Things Madison, which I didn't go into blind because I had all that experience. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And you had your speaking experience too, which right. fed into that. Mm-hmm. And the teaching experience and also just my love for the local community. Uh, that's why I'm so passionate about all things Madison. I get to write, which is so fun. I'm an overshare by nature. So when there's things I love. I love to share about it. Um, but I also am passionate about making a life for yourself in your local community because as a military wife, we always had to start over. And it's a really humbling thing to have to start over, (laughs) especially as a mom and try to find friends for you and friends for your kids. And now I feel like I can create from a place of empathy of I know what it's like to be new to town. And I want to share with you the resources that I know of so that you can understand your community better and just make a life here that you enjoy. 
Which is so important. Like mm-hmm. as and of course we have flocks of people coming in now. So and just being transplanted here and not having people or not having, you know, the know-how of the the space to find a resource like that to say, oh, this is what you should do. This is where you should go. You should check out this. Mm -hmm. I know that it's such a valuable resource to people. And not only that, I have found so many fun things that I would have never known about if it wasn't for All Things Madison and for, you know, the things that you share and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So I love that. And I love that it's fed into that, all of the things from Whimsical September. Mm -hmm. So what is whimsical about September? It's a, it's yeah. a good, it's a good name. So, or, or a good story. So, um, <laughs> side note, I am passionate now that if you start a business, the name of it should be somewhat obvious what your business is. Whimsical September kind of shot that business in the foot because it's like, what is whimsical September? It didn't tell you anything about it being a family but, lifestyle but blog. But that was, yeah. at the time, you had to like pick two names that were name. similar yes. and then you put them together. That was like what you did. Exactly. So it makes sense. Right. And for so the time. whimsical is a word that means fun, unpredictable, um, a little just whimsy, uh, where the wind blows. And then September, I had a moment in my life where I realized that it was in September. And I thought, I think it was September of 13. And I thought, if you would have told me in September of 2012, one year ago, that this is where I would be in my life, that my husband would be deployed again, that I would be seven months pregnant, I would have said, you're crazy. Like, There's actually no way that either of those things will happen. But I was so happy, though. I like I wouldn't have thought I wanted that, but I was so happy. And then September 2014, I found myself living in Kansas. But in between that time, we'd also moved to Arizona uh, for a short six month um, rotation. And we were so happy. We just loved Kansas already. Um, we loved our time in Arizona. But if you would have told me in September of 13 that we would have had all that happen in 12 months, I would have said that's not even possible. But we were so happy. And so I found that year after year, everything was for the planner and me. Nothing was working out the way I planned, but it was working out even better. And so that's where you put Whimsical and September together. Like every September, I found myself in a place that was unpredictable, where the wind blew, a little fun. And um, there you go. That's awesome. Whimsical September. So this, <laughs> this past September mm-hmm. in 22, did you revisit that? Was that still the same feeling this last year? For sure. I think it's definitely toned down a little bit <laughs> as we have completed our family and we're out of the army, you know, but I think... Um, especially on the business front, if you would have told me that in September of 2022, I would have an employee um, that we, the business has made well over six figures at this point. I mean, it is, it is very secure as a business and as the future moving forward. And I never could have dreamed that that would have happened at all or that it would have happened this fast. And so, um, because I didn't make any money with the business for almost a year. And so for it to all start happening so quickly and for things to be going so well, I'm just grateful, but I never saw it happening that fast. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So any any words of wisdom to, to moms who are wanting to start some kind of side hustle mm-hmm. and, and maybe 
knowing that there's not any money in it initially. What yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Oh gosh, that's a little we could have a whole nother that's podcast. A, yeah, on that's that. true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I am passionate about one piece of advice. I think Oh gosh, I don't know. There's like so many things I could say. Okay, I'll I'll just give one piece of advice. Okay. And that is some people just wait and wait and wait for the right time. Hi, nice to yes. meet you. I'm Shannon. Oh, oh for sure. <laughs> well, and me too. Yes. I speak from a place of waiting for the right time. Um but at the end of the day, or they're just, yeah, just waiting for the right timing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, sometimes you have to just go for it. Um, and then there's other people that say, well, if I just keep doing the right things and it'll come when it comes some with a side hustle, that, that word hustle is true. Absolutely. Um, being an entrepreneur, in my opinion, is very overrated. <laughs> it is the hardest. I've had several jobs at this point as an adult, and this one is without question in every single way, the hardest one I've ever had. But the reason I love it is because I love what I do. Yes. And so I think for being an entrepreneur, people go into it thinking, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur because you see this romanticized idea of no cap on your income and you can control your hours. Work when you want to. Work when you want to. (laughs) And that is not the case. Um, And any entrepreneur who is, you know, it's more than a side hustle at this point will tell you that it's so worthwhile if you love what you do. Absolutely. So because I love what I do, it's great. Yes. It's also really I, hard. <laughs> I understand. I can totally relate to that because yeah. I think going into the, well, I was one that definitely waited. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist by nature, but I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I'm working <laughs> too, on actually. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Working on that daily. Um, but I wanted everything to be right. I wanted to have it all figured out. I needed to know all the answers and where is this going to go? And, you know, what's my five-year plan? What's my 10-year plan? And I mean... I wasn't going to know all of that. And so it got to a point where I just had to have a little nudge and and I had to say, okay, this is it. I'm going to jump, like got to go. So did you have something similar uh, when you started All Things Madison? You know, I I think I had a nudge from my husband, actually. So I was, I also wondered if I knew I had a great idea and I wondered if someone else was going to do it. So I did know that time was of the essence because I think when you start a business, there needs to be a hole in the market. There has to be a need for that business or otherwise people aren't as desperate for whatever it is. And so for me, I knew what hole I was filling, but I wonder, I was like, if this is a great idea, someone else is going to think of it too. So there was a little bit of a, a, a push there that once I landed on the idea, I was like, I better just do it. But I also had every reason not to do it. I had an eight-month-old baby at home. We had three kids. It just, my husband was starting his MBA. We just had a lot going on. But when we sat down, my husband and I went to a restaurant and we had a glass of wine and our computers and we had a little business meeting and we laid it out. And he basically said, there's no real difference in you starting now versus a year from now. Uh, the only difference is that we could save more money to put towards the business, but that also puts you a year behind right. in what you could build. Right. And nobody knows what you're missing. So for you, you may think, and this is what, you know, I, I had a couple other mentors tell me that I am also a recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. You know how it could be better, but not everyone else does. 
That's true. And so if you just um, fake it till you make it, always, I'm st- I'm still have imposter syndrome. I'm still faking it till I make it because you have to believe in yourself before other people do. And so I think just that nudge for my husband of there really is no difference between now and a year from now, except that you'll have lost out on a year of of experience and building. So like, let's just rip this bandaid off. Go for it. And yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah. And now we've moved quite a bit from there. Yeah. And aren't you glad you didn't give up that year? Yes. Very glad. Think of all the lessons you learned in that first year that, you know, would have been postponed. And Mm -hmm. so during that time frame, um, we're, we're amid the pandemic. Right. That's mm-hmm. when you decided to start all of this because you're riding yeah. in whimsical September. You're, you know, keeping up with the family and you're back in Madison. You've mm-hmm. moved back here at this point. Yep. Um, we moved in March of 18. OK, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about that a little bit? Why why mm-hmm. you decided to move back here and then we'll move back into business? Yeah, we we really could have moved anywhere, but we <laughs> my husband and I are very analytical. So we made a big list on our notes, on the notes app in our phone of like, what are the things we want out of life? We didn't care if it had the biggest children's museum next door. We didn't care if it had a beach. We didn't care if it had all these things. We thought about our Monday through Friday and what are the things that enhance our life Monday through Friday? Because we don't need all the entertainment on the weekends. We just need each other and our kids. We love our, we need an opportunity to make some friends, find a church. You know, what are the things that bring us joy? And we just made a big list of all the things that we wanted, even down to like political views, like where are some areas that we might feel cut, just really silly things. We just thought through all kinds of things. But the things that mattered to you, which is super important. Yeah. Just, you know, in our day to day life and, you know, who are our kids going to be around and cost of living and taxes, you know, in Kansas, the property taxes were so high and we griped about that. We're like, okay, let's put that down. Where can we get more house for our money? Just all all those little things. And so it just was very obvious that it was here. Um, and also we love it here. We think it's great. So yes, yeah, so we moved here um, and then decided in January of 2020 to start All Things Madison. Uh, the very next day after that business meeting, we I paid the money for the domain name and did all those things. And then I announced it on Facebook, on my personal Facebook on March 6th, 2020, which was so scary to announce this big business venture. It was so terrifying, but I put it out there and I, you know, at the time I wasn't planning to announce it then, but I was like, I just, I'm a little impatient. I just want to. And honestly, like I will say that is a God thing because one week later, the pandemic hit one week which completely disrupted my business plan. But in hindsight, if I would not have announced it, I I know, I know I would have never started it because, but now because I announced it, I have to do it. Right. It's out there. It's out there. Like I very much full-fledged shared my logo, the whole nine yards. And so, um, and shared it like, this is my business. And now I can't like not start it. So are you terrified or are you motivated? Like, oh no, I'm super terrified, super upset. Everything just got 10 times harder because now my kids are going to be home in that last six weeks um, before I was supposed to launch on May 1st, 2020. 
And so I did not know a way forward. I just knew to just keep going because it unprecedented. That was the word for the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. This was unprecedented. I don't know what to do, but I know that people want to know what restaurants are doing carry out or uh, which places are open or where can you get a COVID test or all those things. I was like, I just would lay in bed at night. Like, what do people need to know? And I would just write my heart out trying to give people resources. And that was a great tactic because A, I was helping businesses. Right. I was helping residents. I was also proving myself as someone that could write because people thought, oh, here's this blogger, but I wasn't just a blogger. I can write. Yeah. That's that's my thing. And so people saw that and they began to give me some authority in their minds that Erica understands Madison. And then that naturally brought the financial side right. of it. So in hindsight, though, it was really hard. It was so hard. Um, it worked out so well. I think that um, I heard somebody, I can't remember the podcast I was listening to, but they talked about the fact that businesses that started during the pandemic, mm-hmm. so many of them actually are thriving now. Really? Because when you start something amid a pandemic, mm-hmm. You're dealing with all of the stress, with all of the hard <laughs> stuff. Like you're tackling that first. Interesting. Thus, on the other side, now things are easy. You've already done mm. that kind of work. And of course, things are going to shift and you're going to have to pivot. But you had to do that initially when you got started. Is that true? You're I right. Mean, you yeah. Know, yeah. That's, that's it made really a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think about Tom Brown's restaurant, you know, a great restaurant here in Madison. I mean, they were supposed to start in May of 20. And maybe April of 20, they ended up opening in June of 20. And that was hard. I mean, people didn't want to go out to dinner, but, you know, they proved themselves. They got their feet wet. Now they're solidly here in Madison and they could have waited, you know, what at the time was, oh, let's wait a month or two months or six months. They had already invested so much in getting that restaurant off the ground. Now they're doing great. So I love that. And I think it, it, as far as speaking to mothers, Mm -hmm. um, reminding ourselves that things feel really hard sometimes in the moment, Mm -hmm. but there is light on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that the fact that you're going through those things, you're actually building something, you're, um, I guess, having grit and building things within yourself that you didn't even know you needed. Mm -hmm. Is that sure? Yeah. I think with doing hard things as a mom, uh, I have some girlfriends and I that we keep each other accountable when things are hard, with hard in motherhood or maybe in marriage or in business or in keeping a house, like any, just anything that's hard. Yeah. Um, that when you push through hard things and how you push through hard things is sometimes what separates people. That's true. You know, and that if if something was easy, everybody would do it. So like push through the the discomfort. And then if you want, when you're on the other side of it, use that hard season for good. Absolutely. Like if, if that hard season was terrible, but you don't want it to be in vain, like take what you learned from it and then apply it. Whether it's like showing your kids that you can do hard things or showing your kids how to resolve conflict with people. Um, you know, you can always use that if you choose to. Absolutely. And our kids are watching us so much. Mm -hmm. And like the things that 
we're saying out loud to them or we're saying to ourselves, like they mimic that all the time. And so I love whenever I hear my boys say something like, oh, I can do hard things or, you know, I'm capable of this because I'm telling them all the time, you're capable, you know, you can do hard things. Mm -hmm. And they, they definitely like spout it back out, but they're watching and watching how you navigate Mm -hmm. those challenging times. Mm -hmm. Do you give up or do you keep pushing through and figure it out? Yeah. So excuse me. So with that, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, oh, we're on the subject of kids. Okay. Let me, let me tell you. So we have at our house, a word of the day. Okay. Um, that's something that occasionally it's not every day. I wish it was, we were consistent with it at one time, but my boys will randomly just ask me, Hey mama, what's the word of the day? That's really good for their vocabulary. It is. It is. And it's good for mine too, because a lot of the times, like a lot of the times we'll do things like consistent or, you know, just normal words that we use regularly, Mm -hmm. but they're not so used to. Mm -hmm. But, um, today's word of the day was actually one because I had learned a new word and I thought it was such a cool meaning, and it's um, apricity, mm-hmm. and that means the warmth of the sun in the winter. And I told my son that this morning. I was like, the warmth of the sun in the winter, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I mean, it's like the good stuff whenever you're going through bad stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's smart. Good for seven yeah. years old. I'm very impressed. It is good. Um, so do you feel like that is fitting to your story? Mm, for sure. Absolutely. I think all things Madison has been a great distraction from other hard things. I almost didn't have time to worry about some of the hard things of the pandemic because I was dealing with my own hard with the business. Right. (laughs) And so um, absolutely. I, I love that word. And everybody knows what on a cold day, but when it's super sunny out, what that warmth feels like. And so it's like that intrinsic happiness even when it it is still a little cold or or hard right you have that little joy and so for sure i love that um okay so now things have picked up quite a bit Mm -hmm. like you said business is booming you've Mm -hmm. had been all the places seen all the people you're constantly moving and shaking and talking to somebody new and promoting a new business Mm -hmm. which i love by the way you're keeping me up to date on all the things i need it um so how is that now? Mm-hmm. You've got three girls. Mm-hmm. And um, what does that look like day to day? Do you have any? I'm, I'm big on habits. Mm-hmm. I love focusing on those kinds of things. Yeah. And very specifically on being intentional and creating a life that you love. I love it. So what are the things in your life that you focus on being intentional about? Oh, there's a lot. Again, I'm an analyzer. So I'm very, I am intentional in a lot of ways because I overanalyze a lot of things. Um so like should more motherhood wise or just in general? Um, I would say more motherhood wise just okay. for the sake of our mm-hmm. audience, but it could be, I mean, anything related to you, I guess, as far as self-care yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I just feel like I have a lot of habits yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so I'm a little too um, rigid sometimes. So for starters, for 18 months, I have been waking up at 425 in the morning. <laughs> I'll text you. I'm up right yes, there with you. Exactly. Okay. I love it. Um, I do think that getting up early is a superpower. I really do. You just have extra time in the day to do things that you would just, if you get up two hours early, that is two hours that you did something you read, you, because otherwise you're just gonna be sleeping. Right. But the other thing is you have to go to bed early. So just that's saying. right. <laughs> you and, can't get up at 425 exactly. without go going to bed. to bed early. That's true. <laughs> and so, um, I, there is that caveat. Um, but I get up at 425 and go to my, I go to the gym. I go to burn boot camp. I love burn boot camp. 
so much. So I go and work out there for 45 minutes. It kicks my tail. I don't think about anything else. And I know that I'm doing something great for my body. And then when I get home, I have all these endorphins and I'm a better wife to my husband. Um, and I'm so much happier to my kids because on the days that I don't go to the gym, they get up at 6 a.m. So if they were to come in my room and they're sleepy and they're whiny because it's 6 a.m. and I'm also having to get out of bed, I know that we're all going to be whiny together. Yes. (laughs) But instead, I can greet them a little better. So really strong morning routine. We get the two big kids out the door to elementary school and the younger one, she is in a five-day week um, program with the bigger two. I was a stay-at-home mom, um, but the little one goes to school and she loves it. And I've chosen not to have any guilt about that. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Because she's a different kid than my nine-year-old was. Different season of life for me than when she was three. And then I work until 2.30 and my kids get home by three. And then we run around and do the dance, Uber and, you know, try to eat dinner together some nights. And by seven o'clock, we're doing bedtime routine and then they're in bed. And then I go to bed at like 8.30 or (laughs) 9. So do you make sure, you know, you said you work until Mm 2.30. Are you intentional about, okay, at this time I'm done? Or do Mm -hmm. you still kind of, are you still navigating like, oh, let me go check this. Let me go do that. Are you kind of? Yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done at 2.30 because I have to leave to go pick up my kid from preschool. And honestly, I really don't have time during the afternoon to, to be checking emails and doing those sorts of things because I, I, there's three kids and they have needs. Um, and honestly, I'm very protective of my mental health, very protective of my mental health. Um, because I feel like there is a, like, I would have every reason in the world, like all moms do, um, to just, uh, to maybe just not feel my, like your best. It's just a stressful season of life when you have littles. And so I'm very protective of like, what are those triggers that make me feel a little down or would make me have a bad day? And I just try to combat those. So for example, like mom guilt, like if I feel like I'm constantly working in the evenings or afternoons and I'm not with them, that's something that makes me feel blue as a mom. So I try not to do that Mm -hmm. much, especially in front of them, because even though if they don't care, I know that I do. And so knowing that I'm given that time to them, I feel a little bit better um, but also I start work at 7.30. So really from 7.30 to 2.30, I am working. There's really no reason that I can't shut down at 2.30. Um, also, just as a creative, you need to have downtime yes. <laughs> because I avoid burnout like the plague. If I burn out, I have no job. Right. So I avoid that like the plague and just try to have a well-balanced day. That's great. But you have to be intentional about that. You have to be very intentional because it's (laughs) very easy to go, oh, but my computer's right here. My phone's Mm -hmm. right here. I can just pick it. Just take a second. Yeah. But I think they notice that too. They're Mm -hmm. watching, you know, how are you spending their time or your Mm -hmm. time? Um, So I think that's really awesome that you make sure that you're intentionally home with them when you're home. Yes. Um, So another thing that I wanted to just share really quickly is I think it's really easy for women, mm-hmm. us as women, to look at one another mm-hmm. and go, oh, she's got all of these things going for her. She's got, you know, this big website and she's doing all of these things. And But it's really important to not compare mm-hmm. our beginnings to mm-hmm. someone else's middle. For sure. And have you caught yourself at any point? Are you a comparison person or do you tend yeah. to 
kind of stay in your own lane. Oh, I I mean, everybody is. I I fully, I mean, I think sometimes when you compare, that's where you get some motivation from. That's right? true. Because you that's see true. what's possible. But I know because so much of my life was on the internet. I don't talk much about my life anymore. Just but with Women's School September, everything was on the internet. And I was proof that a lot of the bad stuff was not on the internet. I did not share a lot of that hard military stuff um, because because no one does. I mean, that's just right, private, right? right? Like your online life is the highlight reel. And I know that even today. I mean, what I've shared on All Things Madison is all happy stuff. But today was actually a hard work day. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was a lot of not fun tasks. Yeah. I didn't share that that I was frustrated, that I felt some defeated in some ways, that I was aggravated that, you know, this, because there's some weeks you don't pay yourself. I mean, it's, it's hard work sometimes, um, for no pay because as an entrepreneur, it could be great or it could be terrible. And so I know firsthand that if someone is looking at my stuff, they are not getting the full picture. Um, and that doesn't make me a liar. No, it doesn't make me a fraud. It just means that I have the ability to share the things that fit in this lane. Right. You can um, pick and choose. That everybody, yeah, that, and, and that everybody does that. So when I do feel myself, going back to your question, when I do feel myself comparing or jealous or this and that, I have to remember, I don't know the whole story. Um, just like other people don't know my whole story. So. <clears throat> well, I, I definitely... It's really easy for us to, to look and just see that highlight reel and go, but she's got it all together mm-hmm. and I don't. And so I think it's super important that we begin to share some of those things. Yeah. You know, hey, I did struggle with this today. Hey, I had a hard day, mm-hmm. especially with your friends, for you sure. know, being mm-hmm. being vulnerable and open. I think for me, I've found that to be super challenging. Yeah. But I also, because it's been a hard place, mm-hmm. I've seen the beauty that's come from it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the, what you were speaking to before and in yeah. those hard parts of your story. Mm-hmm. So now we're in all things Madison, right? Yes. All the good things. Um, and the business is doing great. And you have been nominated for uh, the Catalyst Entrepreneur for the year of the year mm-hmm. multiple times now, yeah. actually, which mm-hmm. is awesome. You've been a voice of Huntsville mm-hmm. in 2021. Um, you also do the state of the market real estate. Mm-hmm. You are working on um, the Madison Street Festival, mm-hmm. right? And women in tech. You've got quite a few yeah. things going. Mm-hmm. And one of the the best things that I'm, lo- I mean, personally, I'm a little bit biased here because yeah. these show up in my mailbox. <laughs> right. But um, Explore Madison yes. that you launched mm-hmm. in January. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Explore Madison. I'm so proud of, but it is hard work. So, I mean, I I had the idea back in 2020. I mean, this has been a long time coming. I think subscription services are so fun and you pay a small fee, but you get so much more in return. And so the idea was how do we give people gift cards to go explore the community? And so One piece of advice that I find coming out of my mouth all the time is nothing is ever as easy as it seems. (laughs) Nothing is easy. And that you just, you almost have to go into new things expecting something to be hard. And then when it's hard, you're like, oh, that was that thing. (laughs) And so um, 
as it's just like adulting, right? Like everything is always harder than it seems. And that's not being a Debbie Downer. It's just true. That's true. And then I feel like you can handle some of the hurdles better because you're like, that was that hard thing. When you give it a name, like giving it a name gives Mm -hmm. you some power back Mm -hmm. because you can say, oh yeah, that was that hard thing. This is supposed to be hard. Right. There it is. Okay. Now I can move on. And this is why everyone doesn't do it because something about it's going to be hard. Right. So yes. Um, Making so explore Madison at its core is every quarter consumers in the area like you can spend thirty dollars on our website allthingsmassmerchandise.com and then for three months you're gonna get ten or you're, for the next three months you're gonna get three ten dollar gift cards in the mail so three in January three in February three in March so you basically spent thirty dollars but you get ninety dollars in random gift cards to businesses in Madison so it's a win win for the consumer because you've made thirty dollars turn into ninety dollars. It's a win for the businesses because they now have all of these people that are going to go flood their uh, retail store or their restaurants and try things out. Um, And it's a win for us because it's part of our business. Um, But there's been many challenges to it, right? So even just explaining the concept is something people are like, well, this is so unique, which makes it great. But also this is unique and we don't get it. Uh That has been one of the absolute ongoing hurdles of what I do is people just don't understand it and then they undervalue it. So you feel like you're just constantly having to prove yourself, right? which is so hard sometimes. Um, so just explaining the concept and getting, you know, various people on board. Um, but also just, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's a very expensive process and just time-wise. Yeah. It's just a lot of time. So it was funny um, because, you know, it doesn't, anybody could figure out, oh, if she sold 200 of them for $30, wow, she made $6,000. What's the expense in that? It's just an envelope, which is just hilarious. not true at all. It is so not true. Um, And I think it goes back to like that highlight reel thing is, oh, it looks so great or what a great product or what a great thing. And you know what? It is a great product. We're so excited about it. But gracious it's a lot of work yes um but worthy work we know it's so beneficial for our customers it's so beneficial for the business and it is an income stream yeah um it's not six thousand dollars by any means um but this is my job so it does help um so it's been a lot of fun so we're super excited uh, by the time this comes out, we'll hopefully have launched our second quarters and we have some amazing businesses lined up. So, yes. Well, and if it's still available, um, in March, you'll be able to pick it up there, but also if not, you can keep watching for the next yes. one, which would launch in June, right? In June. Yep. Okay. So yep. if you're listening to this and you've missed the one, where can they find them again? All things, Okay. And we'll link that in the show notes at successfulmamapodcast.com. <laughs> and also, um, where can they find you? If they want to find you on social media, tell us all the things. Yeah. And like I said, we'll link all of those on the website. Yes. So our website is our bread and butter, all things, Uh, social media, our handle is at all things, Madison AL, because there's a Madison in every state, I believe. Uh, we love our email newsletter. So at the bottom of every article, you can sign up for our email newsletter. Um, we have a radio segment on 104.3 ZYP every Friday at 145, which is super fun. And uh, yeah, we're hoping to, we have a long list of things that we still want to do, but we'll tackle them as they come. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. So I've got two more things really quickly. Okay. One is based around our show that successful mama means that you as a mother success can be defined in a lot of different ways. And it depends on you, 
what matters to you, what your values are, and and just what you want for your life. Mm. So when I'm talking to you and I say, what does it mean to be successful? What what comes to mind? I just immediately think about my family. I just, I immediately think about um, my husband and my kids are my A-list. Everything else is the B-list. So to me, being successful means have I given my all to my husband and, or to my marriage and to parenting my kids. Um, I don't expect my kids to be perfect. I don't expect my marriage to be perfect, but if I can invest in those things well, then I will have deemed myself successful. I want my kids to love each other. Um, and you know, find the friendship that they have and the gift that they have in each other. And of course it helps to have a job to like help raise them. But at the end of the day, like our just relationship with each other is everything to me. So absolutely. I love that. That's, I, I feel very similarly, so I can definitely relate. Um, and then the last thing I have for you is I like to do a little rapid fire with my guests. I love rapid fire. That's that's, fun. Yes. So, uh, the first question is what is your coffee order? Ooh, I don't discriminate against any coffee, um, but good. my go-to coffee right now is a iced, sugar-free vanilla latte with almond milk. Okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not big on the sugar-free. I, I want all the sugar. Yeah. Give me all the sugar. <laughs> no, I say that. I take half sugar usually. So okay. I do like real sugar, but half is sweet. Mm-hmm. Not a go. big sweet person. Yeah. So. I love it. Um, okay, question number two. On a scale of one to 10, okay, 10 being super clean, one being not so much, how clean does your house stay on an, mm. on average? Um, seven. What? So here's my motto. <laughs> here's my motto. Again, we've talked about how my, like, my world revolves around our people. Yes. Our downstairs is 15 minutes from being like our main living area. Powder bath, living room and kitchen is 15 minutes from being guest ready 95% of the time. Um, and a lot of those habits have come from people like you, podcasters, Instagrammers who have shared little tips. Like I love your little tips that you give um, to moms about how to just keep up with little things in life or where to give themselves grace. But just those little things that if you know what's going to take five minutes, just do it real quick. Um, now, on a scale of one to 10, how clean is my playroom? There you go. That's like a negative okay. 17. Okay, so like, that makes me feel better. Yes. Yeah. The, so yes, so the living area is, um, and we do not have a housekeeper. I want a housekeeper really, really bad. Yes, same. <laughs> um, but we are, we know that that is money we could hold on to if we just try to make a little more time to clean the home. But man, and get everybody to pitch in teaching those kids. Good gosh, I would love a housekeeper, <laughs> I know. Um, but we're trying to hold off as yes. much as we can. But, you know, honestly, a housekeeper would look at my playroom and be like, this is a joke. If I hit that playroom and I'm not asking my kids to clean up, it's because I have garbage bags in both of my back pockets and I'm about to throw away all of your Barbie shoes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. We've, we've threatened that recently. Oh, no, I don't have... threaten. I just do. It. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, we've been we've been really close. But see, all of ours. So our house is one level, yeah. you know, the mm-hmm. kids' rooms, it's all there together, it's amazing. Um, which is wonderful, mm-hmm. but also 
not so wonderful. Yeah. So we yeah. try to keep the main space again. Same same concept. It's, you're probably a lot like a lot of people are probably the kids' rooms. Mm-hmm. Currently, it's a different breed. Yeah, currently are a disaster. But mm-hmm. I will say we've gone through. I think we go through seasons where. Oh yeah. This time we're staying super clean. We're focused on you know every day you get up and make your bed. Every day you do these things. Like those habits are very important at our house. And I know my kids say all the time like, "Mommy, quit talking about habits," but like mm-hmm. really focusing on those. But there are other seasons where it's like we're just. Just hanging on, just surviving. That's right. Just surviving. Yeah. Um, okay. So question number three okay. is what is a book or show that you have recently loved? Oh, love is blind. I love love is I'm a reality TV guru. I don't read as much as I used to anymore because I fall asleep. <laughs> you just, you just cannot do everything. And honestly, yes. I just, I, I don't, I don't ever say like, I don't have time. It's, I don't make time to read as yeah. much anymore. It's not a priority. Exactly. But reality TV that That's is a what, priority. That is a priority. <laughs> like I will not miss The Bachelor and I will not miss Love is Blind. Like yep. those are my those are my guilty pleasures. Awesome. Okay, last question. Okay. Question number four. What is the most random thing you have in your purse right now? <gasps> oh my purse is um it is a black hole of junk. Um it's all just my kids stuff. Exactly. We went to Pigeon Forge this past weekend and we were at this thing where my kids could press and like get a printout of their fingerprint. Well, they did it 10,000 times in a row. So now I have 30 cards in my purse of all their fingerprints, but because it's their fingerprints and so precious, I can't throw them away. Even though it's <laughs> 30 like, copies. But it's like 30 copies of their little <laughs> fingerprints. So it's it's so, yeah, so random. But my purse was actually stolen out of my car last oh, fall no. while I was at the gym because my purse was in the floorboard of oh, my car no. and so um yeah i actually like had to start over with all that junk in the purse <laughs> but you've got it down now by this point you're now good. by this point but back then i man i probably had years of junk <laughs> that's awesome well thank you so much i appreciate you coming on and being willing to share your story and um, for those of you that are listening we are so grateful for you i will see you next time with our next guest on the successful mama podcast bye Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. For more information, head on over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com where you can find show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode. Tap that share button and remember to tag at Successful Mama Podcast. And make sure to go leave a review. It really does help. A special thanks to Will Carruthers. Until next time, remember Mama, success looks more than one way and it's up to you to define it. 